Tanner, you ready for the show? Big time. Hey, man, why do you keep saying big time? Every time I ask you a question today, all you answer back is big time. Big time. God, you make me sick sometimes, Tanner. I'll tell you this. You need to bring your ass over to my house for these Redskin games and big time that because I'm hungry as hell. It's not Thanksgiving yet. I don't have turkey. I don't have stuffing. I'm hungry during these games, man. Big time. Oh, Paisano's big time. I know what you're talking about now. Buy one, get one free, right? Use online code Redskins on the app or online when the Redskins play. Now I got you. Big time. Big time. Well, why you just ain't say that first? My God. It's the same cell of my show. Former Blue Ball Number 89. I'm all the time. Travis on the right. Hot mic on the left. Every single week is a lyrical Santana Moss Show Podcast Thanksgiving Edition. You know what I'm thankful for? Two of the best wide receivers to ever lace them up in the building with me today. Santana Moss to my right, 8 to the 9, a.k.a. Make a Big Play, a.k.a. Mr. 305 himself. Yes, and then to my left. His butler, Gary Clark. <laughs> Gary Clark, Mr. Moss, I got the it's car ready butler. for you to go. You let me know. I'm your driver, too. He BSing, man. Gary Clark, Mr. a.k.a. Mr. Two Rings. Two times. Two Rings. Two times Super Bowl champion Gary Clark. Not anybody's butler. Ever. Let's just get that. Ever, ever, ever. My bad. I'm the driver. My fault, <laughs> Mr. Moss. I apologize. Please do not fire me. Thank you so much for giving me this job. Oh I really appreciate it. <laughs> I thought it was perfect timing to bring you both here in the sense that you both played on Thanksgiving. Yeah. You in 2012, you in 1990. Oh, that's going back a minute. Back in the day. I had a rat tail. I had hammer <laughs> pants. I was cooling though, Gary. You know, what's it like playing on Thanksgiving? Oh, it's always good. It's turkey day. Everybody's watching. All the other players are watching you from around the league. So it's a big thing. You're trying to get Pro Bowl votes. That's the game you try to go in to get the Pro Bowl votes because if you showcase on Thanksgiving, all the other players see it. You know, I love the Thanksgiving games because as a child, I missed a lot of Thanksgivings at home because I was always on the road playing football. Turkey Bowls. You know, they had, you know, my little league, my Optimus team, we played a championship game in Daytona Beach, Florida every Thanksgiving. The first game would be on Thanksgiving. You have a break on that Friday and you play the championship game on Saturday. And, man, I had great memories because I was always score, put up big numbers in those games. And as a pro, I didn't get a chance to play on Thanksgiving until 2012. So it was almost like living out those dreams all over again. I remember going into that game and saying to myself that this is that childhood game of mine. This is what I grew up doing. So it shouldn't be no different than what I experienced as a child. Wow, that's cool. So here's the thing. This just isn't playing on Thanksgiving. This is Dallas, yeah. right? Uh, it's a whole other thing. Dallas, it's a, a way of life. Thing. It's a yeah. way of life on Thanksgiving when Dallas is the team you're playing. For you guys, what is Dallas week like as a player and even now, even now? Oh, my gosh, it's crazy. I remember when I first got to the Redskins, everything, and it's not from the team, it was just fans in general. Some fans say, you guys can go – Lose 14 games, but you better win two. Mm. You better beat Dallas. I've heard that before. I've heard people say that to you, Tanner. Don't care what happens as long as you beat Dallas. I was like, wow. 
okay. <laughs> and then you got to actually plan that atmosphere, you know. And I played in RFK. I didn't get a chance to play in the Fed like yeah. you did, Tenenbaum. But it's RFK, and oh my God, the stands are just like wow, 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 wow. And truly, we had a 12th man when we played wow. there. And then Dallas always had their 12th man when we played them in Dallas. So yeah. uh, this is probably the biggest game of the year, games of the year for either either team, really. What's it like now for you? Because, you know, you're involved with the Alumni Association, of course. You're a former great. I mean, I see you at the games. I've talked to you myself. What's it like now for you, Dallas Week? It's a little different because now you're a fan of the game and fan of watching them cheering for my team, but it's just a different feeling. You're yeah. just getting prepared for the game as opposed to, you know, watching the game. And uh, it's just completely different for me watching the field as opposed to me being on the field. It's a whole other type of butterfly thing that happens. But if yeah. it's a close game, all of a sudden you feel those same butterflies come back into your stomach and you feel like you're playing. Tanner, man, they call you the cowboy killer. Mm. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Every time I'm out with you in this city, you get big love for what you did with the team. <laughs> cowboy killer. Everybody brings up cowboys. So what was it like for you as a player this week? I mean, honestly, man, this was the one week I knew I was getting off. No question. I'm getting off this week. And I hate to say that because as a player, I had, you know, it really bothered me that out of all the weeks, we prepared differently against these guys because of what I did in 05. And 05 just happened, you know, and fortunately I'm glad it did because it, it allowed, regardless of who the coach was that came into these those hallways in, you know, Redskin Park and Ashburn, they wanted to make sure 89 was involved heavily in this game. And I'm like, did you guys see anything else? Throughout of all my career, that right. I, what I can do, but you wait till Dallas week to fill me up or put the load on me. I appreciate it because every receiver wants the yeah. ball. I was the guy that I believe that, you know, being the guy that I was hurt me from being the guy I could have been. What do you mean by that? Because I wasn't a diva. You know, they say we divas. You know, I think Gary was a diva. Tanner, you're I, you're I heard, definitely I, a diva. I heard what all they, pretty boys hey, are hey, diva from like birth. So Tanner, you were as a diva. Hey, Gary could call me what the hell he wanna call me. <laughs> I'm a letter because he's a legend and I f with Gary. But I wasn't a diva, man. I wasn't a diva because I, I didn't cry for the ball. Right. Guys used to be like, damn, Tanner, you're not involved. And I used to basically look at the coaches like, You stupid as heck. You stupid as heck to to have me involved in your offense and not feed me early and often. And I went through games where I didn't get balls that time. I didn't even get an attempt. And it's so and true that he never did ask for the ball. I found right. other ways to be valuable to my team because I said, hey, I don't want to never make this game about me. I feel like making it about me would be doing something outside of being me. So I appreciated Dallas Week because I knew, one, the city was ready. Two, the coaches are going to be ready. And three, I'm going to have a heavy load. It's probably eat. a good thing I wasn't your teammate. Because <laughs> this would have been, I've been like, Tana, every damn week you need to make the game about you. Right. Because at the end of the day, it's all about the outcome. Yeah, right. If making a game about you gets us a win, yeah. I mean, even one time when Joe was coaching, I came out there and I gave yeah. a little pep talk. And when yes. I finished up, I was like, Tana, you need to ask for the damn ball more. That's wow. exactly what I said. Wow. Straight word for You know word. what? Before we go any further, I'm glad he mentioned that. Because... The other day, you know, and we don't we normally get into what I've done, you know, throughout the week. Last week I went to PBS to do this show that's gonna be aired on PBS. It's talking about Washington in the two thousands. Mm-hmm. They didn't ask no other Redskin to come. They asked me. And I was privileged, like, oh. And they asked me about the year when Sean passed. Mm-hmm. And I told them, I said, before Sean died, you should I shared stories with them about the moments up to his death that we was 
kind of getting to that point. We was hurt at the same time. We already shared the same role on the plane going to games. We already had a locker next to each other. Now we heard at the same time. We're in the locker room talking to each other every day, getting treatment. And we also sat by each other in the big team meet room. I'm like, me and Sean were starting to grow so close, sharing stories, experiences about the game, different things he saw in my game, different things I saw in his game. And I remember feeling down that year because I was pissed off. you know. And I let it be known on that show that I was pissed off with the quarterback play. Not to say that our quarterback wasn't playing well. I just didn't feel like he he meshed with me well enough. And before I could even make a play, I was so mad that I wasn't making a play. And I was down on everything that I could possibly be down on. And then Sean passed away. Mm. And it was like a wake-up. It was a wake-up saying, like, you were out here pissed off about this, and look what happened. You know, it's many other things to be down about. Now I'm really down. And, you know, beyond being down on that and everything else – Gary came out to speak to the team. And Gary, I was sitting there on the knee right in front of Gary, and he asked, where Tanner's at? And he like, bro, what's up? And he didn't call me out in no, you know, no fashion that I, I couldn't take as a man. He just said, basically, I'm waiting to see that dance. I can't wait to see that first down dance on first down. That's my dance. I'm, I'm waiting to see it. I haven't seen it enough. And I woke up. I woke up. I said, you know what? That was what I needed. And he just spoke of that. That was what I needed. I needed someone to call me out on what I was going through at the time. And to me, that's when I changed and said, you know what? It's not about me. It's about this team. And I put everything behind me. Screw what the quarterback is doing. Whatever he throws to me, I need to catch. However he throws, I need to catch it. And whatever time they give me the chance to be that guy, I just need to accept that. And that's when I put that behind me. Let's dive into this relationship a little bit deeper because, you know, I mentioned a Tana. When he told me you were coming in, I said, well, I interviewed him. I think it was in the preseason. He told me, told and, you about me driving him in. <laughs> <laughs> Could you tell him to give me a little bit more of a raise? Mr. Moss, your Gary, ride is ready Gary, outside. Gary, BSing with you. And, man. you know, I, I interviewed you and we were just talking about the team, right? And you know how it goes. What were your expectations this season? What do you think this? What do you think that? And... I know from my personal relationship with Tana that you two are tight. So in the middle of the interview, I had nothing to do with what I was supposed to be talking to you about. But I just said, hey, you know, I, I know Santana thinks so highly of you. Uh, you know, what do you think of Santana? And it was almost like your whole demeanor changed. And you went from giving me BS, typical answers about the football team <laughs> to you could tell it was heartfelt. And you spoke about Santana as a person. You also spoke about him as a player. How did this happen? How did you two's bond grow? So you go from the point where you're giving pep talks to the team. Were you two tight at that point or no, not yet? No, I think when it, it kind of all started after that point yeah. in time. Oh, wow. Because I had been watching I had been watching Santana. I'm always going to watch the receivers for the Redskins. I'm always going to see who's coming up because it's a huge history when it comes to receivers for the Washington Redskins. And there's an elite few who fit into that history in terms of like – Barely mentioned at the end of the day, where you'd be like, these guys are an elite status. And um, Tanner is one of those guys. He's one of those guys that could have been a part of our posse. would have had four people in the posse and would have been even more of a beast on if we had Santana on our team. And I'm seeing this guy who is just quiet in nature, but on the field, just a 
beast. Like he looks like me in every single way. I mean, I'm just sitting there and I'm looking. He's a little bit better looking than me, obviously. <laughs> but uh, other he said than a that, little faster too. Uh, other than that, and a little faster, of course. And I mean, and I was a pretty fast cat, but he was even faster than me at the end of the day. So, but I'm seeing just the framework. Our size is very clear, and then his passion in the game was me. I just thought he should have asked for the ball a little bit more just because yeah. at the end of the day, it's not that he's trying to be selfish. He's just trying to win the football game. And sometimes to win the football game, the guy needs to have the rock. And he was the guy in that era. When he was here as the receiver, he was the guy. He's a guy you could count on. He's a guy that was a game breaker, game changer. And I'm looking at this guy, and I'm like, he's so humble by it. You know, he's like, the version of me on the field and the version of Art Monk off the field. Wow. You know, it's just like the version had the, like the the best of two great receivers, me being the best, of course, but the best <laughs> of two great receivers. And and I was just in awe of a guy that could be that great, come from Miami. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The you. And not have those words that typically, I know he had those words inside the locker room and mm-hmm. with his own teammates, sure. but to be able to hold yourself together in the game. I didn't have that type right. of, because I just let you have it. I, yeah. just, I was that guy. Like, if I didn't think he was playing right, I was going to let you know right then. I didn't think he was coaching right. I'm going to let you know that too. But he would do it behind the I mean, I, I'm sure he did. Right. But he's just, okay. and a lot of times he's kind of like Art Tool, or he just did it with his play. Sure. Like, I'm, you know what? Just, you shall be cut off. I'm going to go score two against Dallas and end this Right. Shit. You know, like he, he knew it himself. So, I mean, just the respect that I saw he was. Then when I finally met him and saw how down to earth he was, you know, and saw that he's just overall just a really good guy, I was like, how can you not like the guy? Wow. I, mean, I knew he, he was going to be the guy that surpassed me and the Redskins loyal as terms of, like, numbers and records and different stuff that we did on the field. He was the next guy up. And just to see how he handled that and to let me be a part of his his family base, so to speak, was very cool to me because I'm, I'm an old guy. And, you know, you got this young guy who's done so well come in and do those things. It's, he's an impressive young man, 100%. No question. When people comment to me about our relationship and say, man, it seems like you and Tanner are tight. I almost immediately just go to the fact of how genuine he is. Yeah. Because, He's a straight shooter. Yeah, you see one thing and, and you would think another. I mean, he gets treated like a rock star, so you would think maybe he has that type of That's attitude. That's because he's pretty. That's why he gets treated like a rock star. If we had a nickel for every time you've been called pretty ten times today. <laughs> Tanner, talk about the relationship with my man. It's crazy because, you know, you come into this game, and you admire a lot of people. You know, I've been a guy that watched football for years, man. And the one guy that stood out when I was young, because I was a San Fran 49, I was a Joe Montana fan before I was a Jerry Rice fan. Love Joe Montana. And, I, and that let me know then and there I was going to be a receiver because I love to see the way the quarterback connected with the receiver. And I remember my dad asking me a question years ago. It was a Super Bowl game not too far from my home in Miami. And it was the Cincinnati Bengals playing against the 49ers. At that point in time, I wasn't that in tune with football. I love football, but I wasn't watching it. My dad said, who you think going to win the game today? I'm like, who's playing? He said, the 49ers against Cincinnati Bengals. And I was like, oh, 49ers going to win. And I had to watch it because I wanted to see if my team would win. Jerry Rice got off. And that was my found love of watching wide receivers play the game. And at that time, I hadn't played football yet. I played in the streets, but hadn't played organized football. So if you come accustomed to seeing a Jerry Rice, then you start hearing other receivers like him, mm. Gary Clark. It was like Jerry Rice, and then you're like, who is this guy in Washington? 
Gary Clark. It always popped up. Art Monk, Gary Clark. And, you know, I'm like, man, Washington got all these guys. And then it was crazy because down the path, I started liking other receivers. I started admiring other guys that did what I do. And that's what I wanted to be. So when I started playing football, it was I played defense and offense. But I'm like, look, coach, I'm getting more, I'm getting hurt, injured more on defense. I'm gonna I'm I'm stick over here and be a receiver. I like to make plays, like score touchdowns. So you fast forward to all those years, then you get here. Even past my New York Jet years, Gary Clark always stood out. So when I got here and, and was able to meet him, I met Gary before I ever met Monk. And I heard about Art Monk from even when he played as a Jet, I believe. I think he was a Jet one year or something yeah, like that. Yeah, one year. One year. And I remember when I was over there, I talked about Monk. But I'm like, man, I remember his name. And I believe because of the NFC was always one of those teams to talk about because the Cowboys, Redskins, and 49ers won championships. Mm-hmm. And I, Giants. I was, and, and the Giants. I've always heard of those teams, though. But to me, those three stood out. 49ers, because I was a fan of them, the Cowboys or the Redskins. And so when I got here to be a Redskin, I'm like, Gary Clark, man, that's the guy I remember on Tecmo Bowl. That's the guy I remember. Oh, yeah. You know, that's the guy you I remember. You was a monster That's on the guy I remember Just next. So you you guys, understand. You guys went to Tecmo Bowl. <laughs> you was a uh, monster. Really, that's really the guy next to Jerry Rice when it came yeah. to numbers, like no when doubt. it came to all-time numbers. And then I meet him, and I'm like, damn. You know, this guy's we about the same height. I heard he was fiery. Truth be told, it's crazy, and I and I love it because that's me in a nutshell. Truth be told, I'm far from what you see every day. I get on a lot of people's nerves who know me closely, who have to deal with me every day. I'm not the nicest guy to deal with every day, and I know that. It's it's me. It's it's the Gemini in me. But I've always was told, when you go outside those doors, don't let people know you if they don't know you. You know what I'm saying? So I've always been that guy that I'm going to observe anyone and everyone well before I let them know me. And Mm -hmm. that's why I handled my business the way I handled it. And then when it comes to my game, I was groomed to be that way. Mm -hmm. I was groomed to be the guy that was humble. I wasn't always humble. I wasn't. And in high school, I got humble real fast. My high school coach, Coach Walt Frazier, I talk about him highly, the greatest of all my coaches. You know, I don't take nothing away from no coach I learned anything from. I had a lot of them. Coach Gibbs is one of them that stands top of my list. Bush Davis stands top of my list. Curtis Johnson stands top of my list. Coach Walt Frazier taught me how to humble myself. And Mm. so being the guy that I was here, not crying about the ball, I played a whole season without getting an attempt as the starting receiver in my high school team. The whole entire season. It's crazy. The last three games of the year, we pulled a guy up from the JV, the quarterback, and he gave me my first attempt. I caught it one hand. you know. And then the next game, I got another one. And the next game, I got another one. I went to that season, three attempts, three catches. Wow. The next year, he gave me a catch a game for five games because I didn't play the first five games because he told me I had to work my way back on the team because I missed the whole summer because of an injury. This guy humbled me. This guy humbled me to be the guy I am. My next year, my senior year, he pulled me in his office when I thought I was in trouble. He said, are you ready? Woo! And I'm like, Coach, ready for what? I got to give you the ball. Work. But damn it, I've been working my ass off to get this ball. So if anybody ever questioned why I'm so humble, why I go about my business the way, Frazier built me. Mm. He built me to understand the game. It's going to be a time when we need you. Don't ask for it when it's not your time. Allow it to come. We as coaches see it and know when it's the proper time. And be ready when it when it comes. And so I've always been ready, and I knew when to ask. 
Now, if it's just being one of those situations where, I mean, I need something to happen and it needs to be me, then I'm going to say something. might not be direct or how people might do it on the field and you see all the anterisms of how you see yeah. uh, Odell handle things and how A.B., two guys that I love in this game, I just said it to the people that needed to hear it, and it came. Now, Tana mentioned Coach Gibbs. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, because both of you played for Gibbs, but I, as a fan – I look at Gibbs as two different versions. I look yeah. at 1.0 and I look at 2.0. Have you guys had conversations about the difference in Coach Gibbs or was there? Was it the same guy for 1.0 and 2.0? Or am I crazy to even kind of have that theory? Coach Gibbs is Coach Gibbs. It could be. I'm, I'm not really sure. I mean, the version of Coach Gibbs that I was fortunate enough to have was he was a great manager of people. He understood yeah. people and understand how – I don't treat everybody the same way. I'm not going to treat everybody the same way. I'm going to treat people accustomed to how they deserve to be treated. And that's why I always respected of him. Like, you know, when I first came here as a rookie, you know, Art and at the time it was Calvin Muhammad, you know, we come defense to drill. They go inside. They go inside <laughs> the building, you know, because it's hot out there. You know, yeah. they go inside and then offensive drills, they come outside and do the offensive drills. So I'm looking at that because I'm the guy on – um, not special teams. Help me at Santana. Um, scout team. Scout team. I'm on yeah. scout team, and um, I'm checking all that out. And what I found out is, when you was ready, and when I became after that fifth game, I became that guy. Then I was allowed to go inside sure. and be that guy too. So he's letting you see you have to work to get, get to that, what that you point. want to. But what I also loved about him, me and Art Monk are just two of the most different people you ever find in the world really? in terms of on the field, right? And in terms of like, I'm very I'm going to tell you what I think right away. And so he had to manage me. He had to manage that part. I mean, I mean, there's times, I mean, Viking, after we won our first Super Bowl, when we won our second Super Bowl, I wanted to go back in 92. I wanted to repeat because that was the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, repeat was big because Chicago was doing it in basketball. Right. I wanted yeah. to repeat. So I was very animated in the Minnesota game. And we had just, you know, gotten to the playoffs again. And we barely got in. And I wanted to win that game. And I was getting a rock. So I was pissed. I was mm-hmm. like, we need to get this game because I need to be able to get to San Francisco so we can repeat, have a chance to repeat, yeah. but we got to win this game here first. Right. So words happened on the field. I kind of told Coach how I felt about it. He told me how he felt about it, you know, and um, he didn't punish me for it. Like a lot of coaches would come in and be like, you're not going to say that to me. You're done or get out of here. I'm going to cut you. I'm going to get rid of you. The only time Coach threatened to get rid of me is when I said something back to his coach. Mm-hmm. Not him. Right. I say stuff to Joe all the time. And I right. say something back to his coach, and he was like, let me tell you this. If you talk to my coach like that again, wow. I'm going to get you out of here. Wow. He said, I'll get you out of here. And he didn't care. And I was like, yes, sir. Because I had mm. calmed down. The only time I'm ever animated or that way is when I'm competing. I'm in a contest. Sure. And it's not about I didn't want the ball because I just wanted the ball for my numbers. I wanted the ball because I wanted to win. Not because I wanted my number. If I'm having an off game, I'll be like, give the ball to Ricky. Give the ball to Art because I'm having an off game. Don't give me the ball. I'm sucking right now. Right. You know, so it wasn't ever about that. But if I was in my groove, I wanted to rock and not let him know. So what I loved about Coach Gibb, he could manage me and manage Art. And it's almost like he wanted both sides of the coin. He wanted fire and ice because it evened everything out. Because there's time when you need a guy like me. And there's other times when the game's in control, you need a guy like Art. Settle that down. We're good. We're sure. steady. Even even you know, kill. Even kill. We're mm. steady. But there's times when we're behind. You fire. need a guy. You know. You need a guy like me. And that's why I was amazed about Tanner because he did with his actions on the field against Dallas. That's really. I think when everybody looked back and was like, 
who the f is this? Right. That's when I was like, I was having a white party in Bethesda. Wow. No sh Everybody, everybody started leaving because they thought we, they thought you guys were going to lose. It was a wrap. All of a sudden, he scores. All of a sudden, people started. They stopped. And oh. They come back in. <laughs> and next thing I know, my place is packed again because there you go, Tana. Because wow. of Tana, you made my restaurant some money that <laughs> night as well. So I love you for that too. And um, it's just, just uh, Gibbs is just he's just a great coach because he's a great manager of people and he understands. Yeah. He lets his players go out there and play. That's real. Did you see the same thing That's from real. Gibbs? I mean, he hit it on the point. Okay. I mean, one of the things not knowing what to expect from Coach Gibbs. It's like I come here my first. The one stir I can say that I ever bumped heads with him, it was real brief. He ain't had to say nothing to me ever again, and he was never going to have to see me on that side again. First year here, and I'm accustomed to doing things certain certain ways from where I came from. College, I used to come out when I got winded, you know, with the Jets. I come out when I get winded. You got to understand something. I'm the guy that always going deep half the time. You get winded. It don't matter what down you did it. You just come out. And – I want to be fresh. I, I learned that in college. I learned that in high school. I want to be fresh. I want to make sure that when I go against you, I'm going to give it to you because I know you out there the whole time. As right. a defensive back, you out there the whole entire game. If I could take a break on a rundown, I'm going to take a break. Sure. I mean, I don't care about numbers like that. I care about them enough when it's thrown my way. If I'm not out there and it's not thrown to me, it wasn't thrown to me. So it, it wasn't like I missed out. So we in the game. <laughs> it's real. We in the game. And I go downfield, and they don't throw me the ball. So you know how it is. You walk out the sideline like, shit, somebody else go in. Yeah. James Strash, the guy who I, who I thought about dearly, man, who I looked up to also, you know, just by him being a professional of this game and being a guy that was able to last as long as he did. He's a good player. Man, go in, James. Get you a rep. I'm not tripping. I'm not the guy to try to take nothing off your plate. Right. You feel me? I'm a guy that, look, if we eat together, we're going to eat. Right. That's how I've been. You know what I'm saying? I play with other guys that thought differently. I right. know I play with a Reggie Wayne. I talk highly about Reggie. But Reggie showed me something in college. Man, ain't coming out the game. Mm. That. I want all of that. You know right. what I mean? And I respect that because I see who he became. You know what I mean? If you become the 14,000 yards and all the other accolades he got, it's because of that mentality. Sure. I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I can get it this way. You know? Right. That's how I thought. So James went in there, and James got the first down. But before he got that first down, as I'm walking down that sideline, Coach Gibbs walked over to me. He better make this first down. Oh, <laughs> shit. My shit dropped in my Yeah. <laughs> I, my heart dropped. Because I ain't never hear Coach Gibbs come at me. I'm just my first year on his team. Wow. It's the third game of the season. And I'm like, what did I do to piss him off enough to walk, meet me down on the sideline I'm taking my jolly old time. Go shoot a guy. And tell me yeah. that he Go better make this. Go shoot a guy. And I didn't know that. And, no I, and I, I woke up. I'm like, and when James made that shit, me and James became the best friends. <laughs> <laughs> Warm embrace. I, I dapped James off like, boy, you was a, ooh, you don't know. And I went out there and I didn't come. Look, I was, my tongue was hanging before I came out that game. And I respect it. And I learned something about Coach Gibbs. Like, he don't have to be the guy that rah-rah. And because I'm not one of those guys either. I'm not a rah-rah guy. Oh, that sh that chopping at your the gums, fake talk. it don't get me riled up. It don't get me to lose sight of what I really have in mind. You know what I'm saying? Right. And he wasn't that of a coach. He wasn't a coach that's going to fire you up oh, with a speech. Nah, he going to tell you what it's about. He wow. gonna come straight to you and be a straight shooter to you and let you know what this game means, why we should win, and why you should believe in what we put out there 
today because of what we displayed all week. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. He'll let you know before the game. If you're not practicing well enough, you're not going to have a chance to win. So that's what I got from him. And to hear everything that Gary just said Matched about up. him, man, it's staying tall. Gary, can you break down the posse for me? Wow. Like – what was, I want to hear this. What was the difference between you, Ricky, or Gangster Time One, Gangster Time Two, right? Gangster Time Three? It was and the, and the name, the whole deal. The funny thing is, after um, my our first Super Bowl, Super Bowl Twenty Two, Art got hurt in that season, okay. and then Ricky came in and played. And mm-hmm. what a lot of people don't know and realize is. When we got to Super Bowl 22, Art was healthy again. Art actually uh-huh. played in Super Bowl 22. It wasn't hurt he actually got to play, but they started Ricky. Mm. Uh-huh. They started because Ricky had that type of season when yeah. he came in. It could be because Ricky just was having a great season he when he came this. in, or it could have been we were winning and Coach Gibbs was super. I think all athletes are superstitious at some point in yeah. time. At some point in a way, you're superstitious a little bit. I was, I was that way, and maybe Coach Gibbs was that way too. So Ricky has a great Super Bowl. He breaks Lynn Swan's Super Bowl record in the first half. What? In the first half, he broke his record. In the first half. My man, Ricky. And Coach Gibbs, you know, telling the type of coach he is, he's never going to run a score up right. on anybody. So by third quarter, we pulled back. We just started handing the ball off. We stopped throwing the rock. Wow. I mean, we 42 points, and we stopped throwing the rock in the second half. At the end of the day, I mean, 35 points in the first half. Really, 35 points came in a quarter. So, I mean, <laughs> but Ricky is just, out of all three of us, he's Gibbs' probably favorite receiver. Really? Out of all three of us. People yeah. would think Monk. No, but it's, what was, you know what, and I want to ask a question yeah. on top of that question. Because I even met Ricky a couple of years ago, and, and he's just like Gary to me now. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I've yet, I met Monk guy once. In the world. Ricky's no one of those guys the that you want to be around. What was it about Ricky, man, that separated him from y'all guys? Because, you know, you understand when you have an Art Monk who's the guy. He's right. legend. He's a man. You yeah. have Gary Clark. It's hard to get two of them, but you have another, another legend. That legend don't fall too far from Ricky. He's still considered one of those guys. Oh, he was. I what mean, was it about him? You he know? was just a nice guy. You should, he's one of the nicest guy ever, like, where he was the same way every week. Wow. If he had a great game, he was the same way. If he had a game where they didn't give him the ball as much, he was the same way to Coach Gibbs. So Coach Gibbs loved it because his, his temperament was Mina. like this. Mm-hmm. Mine and Art, yeah, it was a little different right. because at the end of the day, we still compete. There's yeah. three of us. We no all doubt. want the ball. We all think we're the guy. No yeah. doubt. We all want to be the best guy that season on the sure. team, numbers-wise, in the whole nine yards. So me and, and Ricky, don't get me wrong, he's competitive as well, but he's just quiet about it. Right. You know, it's kind of more like you, Tan. He's yeah. just quiet about yeah. it. Yeah. You know, but you know, yeah. deep down inside, he's, he's looking dog. back. He's like, yeah. Gary, you might have outran me in that 40, but I slipped and I still ran. I slipped, yeah. fell on my face, and I still ran a 4-5. And I slipped – Tana fell on the ground, got up, and ran a four or five. Wow. You know, a tenth of a second. Like, that's a four or five right yeah. there. That's a four, three, four, five. That's the difference right there, right? But he was just a good guy. Art was more of like, we're just very competitive. Yeah. Art's competitive. Even though he's quiet, he's a guy. I'm Art Monk. Yeah. It's a rattlesnake. Uh, I'm, Art I'm, looked I'm, like it was something around him or yeah. over him to where that he just. He I'm just, the guy, and I want to be the guy, it. and I'm going to yeah. keep the guy, and I'm he's silent, but he's like silent, like fear in everybody. Wow. Where in the day, I made it know, like, no, I'm, I want to be the guy. Yeah. I want to be oh, like, it was It was told that you was very vocal with everything I you was said. Gonna say, <laughs> in terms of, did, between the three of you, <laughs> they say, <laughs> was it you and Art that, that you felt like 
would bump heads more so than a Ricky? Well, we've never really bumped heads. The only time me and Art, me and Art got in a fight one time on the field was over Daryl Green. He took the match was me what? and Daryl started the fight. Mm-hmm. And it's just a defensive back receiver. That's what's yeah, going to happen from right. time to time. You know, Daryl was probably Daryl was probably shutting me down. I probably got mad and probably I probably started it knowing me. Right. Could have been me who started it. But then Art took Daryl's side and that pissed me off because he said, yeah. "I was like, well, you know what? He, I know he's your boy longer yeah, than me but, at the end of the mm-hmm, day, but we're still we're wide, wide out together, you know." But um, it was not. We never ever bumped head. It was just that. But we all wanted to be the guy. Right. And that's why we were so good because at any point in time, we all knew that we could be the guy. Like Ricky, talent-wise, is probably the most talented out of the three of us. Damn. You know, he's just a, he's one of those guys who can naturally just do anything and do it well as a sport. Um, you know, he started playing golf, and next thing you know, I mean, like. Yeah, he's a hell of a golfer. Yeah. yeah. You know, where me, I suck at golf. Like, I yeah. can't do anything when it comes to golf. But right. he's just one of those guys. But. I want to be the guy when I went out and when I make when I sit down and I make my business plan out, even mm-hmm. when I played it was a plan, you know, I, I once I got that who art was, I know what art wanted to do it. But I said in my time in Washington, yeah, from the time that I'm here to the time that I leave, my numbers are gonna say that I'm the guy. At the end of the day. That's when I came in from the time I was a rookie. That's why I was so mad about those five games because every game counts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every game every counts game with your number, right. every game counts you that you miss goes against your numbers. So um in the day, you know. What's the guy? Yeah, <laughs> my eight years here in Washington is numbers are pretty good. Now Tanner talks on this show a lot about quarterbacks he's played with. Uh, he had a lot. He had a lot of them. <laughs> who was your guy? Oh. Who, who was your favorite? Wow, got you the ball. You had your best. You know, good good relationship. Oh, we already with. know two of them. We know Doug and, Doug. and we know uh, Joe. So who were the other guys? Well, you know, actually. My first, Joe was my guy, Joe Theismann, because he's the one that told Joe, hey, let's give the young boy a shot. You know, I mean, Calvin's a good receiver and came out there, but I guess maybe I just had a little bit more fire in me, a little bit. I think they could see it in my eye that, you know, I want to turn this corner. Joe saw the vision. Yeah, so, I mean, so I'm always going to love Joe T. Schrader was my first Pro Bowl quarterback. Jay, Jay throwing that rock. My first, you know, Pro Bowl year was Jay throwing me rock. My first Super Bowl came from Doug, and then my – Next Super Bowl came from Mark Rippon. I was very fortunate. Yeah, I had I four really good quarterbacks. Who was your guy? Joe? Whoever threw me to rock. <laughs> That's what Tana said. You receivers are all the Whoever same. Whoever threw me hey, to bro. rock. You know, Don't and, fall that far from the tree. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally the same <laughs> thing you say. If I had a great season with you, you was my boy. You my boy, Blue. I took it. I brought them some type of breakfast every morning. At the end of Man. the day, I've not... Beyond bribing my quarterback to make me help me become the guy as well, but um, they, they, they're always good. And I probably had great seasons with Mark. I probably yeah, had two yeah. Pro Bowls with Mark as a quarterback, wow. and I had a, I guess a Pro Bowl with Jay and a Pro Bowl with Doug as, as quarterbacks as well. So when you see the game being played now, and I've I've asked him this, you know, you see Rodgers and Brady and Breeze, of course. Who would you want to play with now, current in the in the the way the NFL is played now? I mean. My guy, Gary, the the rules are set for the passing game, yeah. are they not? Both of you would eat like hell right now. I mean, it's so much crazy in my era, and maybe probably, probably even part of Tanner's area. You know, a fifty catch season was that that's was the board mark. That's all You got to get you get over fifty, you was like you was, was holding your own. Yeah. You know, now that number has to be probably close to what 85, 90, 90 down, I'd Tanner, say, yeah, you know, right, guys, ninety these, balls. These guys getting thirty attempts, 20, 20 attempts at least. Like they, they, to me, they can't be satisfied unless they get a hundred. 
Damn. Right now, today, this day right now, 2018, with a 20 attempts a game, you got to get 100. Because I'm not satisfied if you don't get 100 because I was getting 84 with five attempts. Right. You feel me? So if, if I'm able to catch 84 to not court, the, I think the most I've ever caught was the year that I shouldn't have caught nothing because I was Larry Holmes, flabby and sick. I caught 93 balls. Damn. 93. And you weren't the even first at your time best. ever, and I won at my best, and I had 1,100-some yards that year. And I'm like, wow, I'm 20 pounds overweight. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Who's the guy you would play with now Oh, that you're watching like? I like um. I play with now. It's so different now. Breeze, I play for that. Breeze, you got Rivers. Probably Brady. Brady, yeah. yep. Brady. I like Brady just because. Rogers. I've seen how. Rogers, yeah. yeah. Rogers is nice too. I like Brady because he gets fired up. Like he's already yeah. treated like a god. Right. You know, but on the sideline, like you'll see him getting somebody's yeah. Get butt if they're not coming and doing what Get they're supposed you. to do. Right. You know, you see that he still cares. I mean, he's Brady's a guy. He can do anything he wants to now and pretty much get away with it if he wanted to in terms of, like, coaches, players mm-hmm. and stuff. But he's not that way. Uh, you can tell that he's still about everybody come out there and do their damn job right. Yeah. And I'm going to hold you accountable. I like people that hold like everybody that. accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm like you, the guy in Green Bay, that's that wasn't bad. Special be bad. Too, this bro. is my favorite in the league right yeah, you now. Like I him. mean, I love Brady because I know Brady and Manny, alone, Peyton, those two guys I wanted to play with because yeah. I, I, was, I was around that era. Sure. But when I watch Rodgers, I'm like, and even Drew Brees, like, you know, I had a chance to go to Purdue and I never went. And to see Drew Brees become the guy he was, even when he was in college, he was doing that. But to see him in his lead, man, I'm like, man, I'm flattered, you know. Yeah. But but Rodgers, this the way he can throw a ball in there, and, and man, I watch this guy put back shoulder passes. Look, I'm one, I was one of those receivers that I hated to always have to do more than what I supposed to do or or what was expected of me as a receiver. I felt that the quarterback should know you have everything in front of you. See what where this guy's defending me at. Throw me open at yeah. times. And I thought that's when I had my better years when there was quarterbacks smart enough to know that I'm not throwing this ball to him in that kind of coverage. Now, every now and then I might throw one up for him because he's going to be that kind of guy to make a play. But throw me open at times. And you get that from Manny's, both Manny's, because even Eli mm-hmm. can throw you open. And Rodgers, Brady, Breeze, Rivers, Rocklesberger, those guys yeah. make you a better receiver. And that's why you see the guys that they play with as receivers Go out there and put up these crazy numbers because the quarterback is that valuable to your success. No, it's interesting. You guys are naming guys who've been in the league for a long time. And I wonder when you watch the young boys play, when you see a Mahomes, a, a Wentz, a Mayfield, a Deshaun Watson, who do you like out of the young crop, so the young lions? You got to let them prove themselves. Yeah. It's, too, it's almost too early, yeah, you think, Gary? For, and, and for me, you know, because, you know, somebody can come in and have a great season, and then next thing you know, they have off, 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 off season. But yeah. they, you know, they can put up numbers. Like I want the guys who can put them up consistently. Who's mm-hmm. here year in and year out, and they do it for the long run. They're not in three years and out, you know, yeah. doing something else. I mean, it's like the it's like the Heisman who comes mm-hmm. into the NFL yeah. all of a sudden, and he's supposed to be the guy. And a lot of times, a lot of them, they're not even close to being the guy. You know, because all of a sudden you see all these other players come in the league, Division One, Double A yeah. guys, Division Two guys come in the league that you never really hear about. But mm-hmm. it's not mean they couldn't ball though. And they have know. a chip on their shoulder too. You know, sometimes, yeah, Someone. especially if you're small. Right. If you're small, you come in because you're not supposed to be here. 
You agree with that? I'm flattered by a lot of what I see. You know what I mean? I feel like this this game today is a lot different. Be so it's made up for these guys to have that kind of uh, production or, you know, to be able to ha- to kind of surpass all these accolades this early. Think about it. They come from colleges now where the NFL has adapted what the colleges have been uh, successful in grooming their quarterbacks in. They're not really grooming them. They're right. basically sending them to the NFL saying that if you don't get a wide open scheme and we're spread offense, spread this offense out yep. where they can throw this thing around and give them less to really think about, it's very few that comes in pro-ready. And when I mean pro-ready, ready to read in a pocket. You know, you got that kid in Arizona, I think he can do it. Mm. You got you got the kid in uh, New York, I think he can do it. Rosen Darnold. You know, yep. um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a few out That kid in Buffalo, he can do it. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's very seldom you see those kind of quarterbacks come in this league. Now, as the other quarterbacks like the Mahomes, don't get me wrong, I can't take nothing from this kid, but he's just a magnificent athlete. You know, Great arm. Great, Not even just great arm, because I've seen guys with great arms Michael Vicks. Hell, you I had, had one I had in Ramsey, Quincy, didn't you? I had Quincy Carter. Yeah, Quincy I had Carter. Normally, it's about like with, with, Just with, arm. with that strength. Cutler. I've seen those guys play a little different than what you see in Mahomes. Mahomes right. seemed like he can be a guy that's in that pocket every now and then. You know, so even Watson. Watson have shown and proved to you that I can sit in the pocket, unlike certain other guys that have my same attributes. So I just believe that the college, they don't groom them well enough to go out there and play in this league unless they already have it. But the league has said, you know what, screw trying to make them accustomed to our game. Let's bend a little bit and give them what they're used to. Mm-hmm. Let's spread things out a little more and open this game. That's why the passing game is so you know, uh, vital to what we see nowadays. Back when I played the game, we threw the ball on third down. We're going to run, run, then pass. So you're you passing the ball to me when everybody know I'm getting the ball. You know, I had a Clinton Porters and a Curtis Martin to worry about in the backfield. And they were hell of a two running backs. You understand what I'm saying? So sure. nowadays you're like, we're going to throw, and three guys could get 1,000 yards because we're going to throw the ball that much. You know, it is the Thanksgiving season, so we'll end it here. Gary Clark, what does Thanksgiving mean to you? It means I get to drive Santana Moss to his <laughs> next appointment. I'm going to work on Thanksgiving, so you mean you're taking me to NBC, I guess. Damn, you knew that already, Mr. <laughs> Moss. You gave, me, you gave me the directions like a week ago oh, for the travel, the travel docket. Does Mr. Moss like you to drive the speed limit or do you speed to he get him? He tries to give me, I got so many tickets because of Mr. Moss and what he's made me do. And he, well, won't, he won't even pay the tickets for me. You know, that's my whole thing is, you know, he knows I only make five fifty five a week. And that's what he pays me because, you know, he's slave labor Mr. Moss oh, has there. Oh, man. Mr. Okay. Moss. Oh, man, it wouldn't be Gary if it wouldn't be. <laughs> Tana, what does Thanksgiving mean to you? <laughs> I guess I can say I'm thankful that I got a driver like Gary. <laughs> a, a Hall of Famer. <laughs> a soon-to-be Hall of Famer. <laughs> I, if you got a Hall of Famer driving you around, yeah, what, it's not what that bad. makes you, you know what I'm saying? Not bad. To be honest with you, man, I'm just thankful, brother. I, um, you know, it, it's something I do every night. I get on my knees, and even though I'm, I'm not on my knees, everybody say get on your knees, but I pray. You know, I pray. I pray for many reasons, man. I pray um, to all my loved ones, especially my immediate family, people that basically, you know, make me who I am. I tell the Lord I appreciate him for guiding me in my ups and my downs, even for guiding me when I'm not even using him and using his word. You know, we all human, so we sin. Daily, you know, and I pray for my sins because I understand that I'm human and I'm going to fall. But 
you know, beyond all that, man, I just uh, appreciate this life I get to live and for the for the moment that I'm here. I'm thankful for every moment that I I get the chance to breathe. This air I breathe, and I appreciate the people that's fighting the wars that they fight to allow me to have this freedom. So I'm definitely one of those guys you can say that's very appreciative, and I know where I came from, and I know how hard it is to be where I'm at, and I know the struggles of everybody else who don't have the privileges or the, the certain luxuries that I might have, even though I don't think I have them all, you know. So I'm definitely appreciative, and, and I'm thankful on Thanksgiving for those many privileges. Wow, may the congregation say amen. You have anything to add to that, Gary? That well, I'm a deacon, deep. so I'm a deacon, son. so everything <laughs> that um, Santana says, you know, I mean, we all have to give um, grace to God and um, the things that he has allowed us to accomplish and allowed us to do and motivated us to do. I'm always thankful for my family and um, and my kids. You know, kids, I think, and make us stronger each and every day, and it's something that, you know, we, we both were passionate about football. We both love football. Probably until we had our kids, we thought football would be the greatest thing we ever had accomplished. And then you have kids, and then you realize, whoa, this mm-hmm. football was great, but it's nothing compared to this joy that these little ones bring us. You know, they're just so, uh, I love them to death. How many kids do you have, Gary? I have a football team. Well, actually, a basketball team. What are the five. ages? Give me all the ages. The oldest is 30. I do this. The oldest is 30. The youngest is three. So wow. I'll be working forever. That's why I drive Mr. S- Mr. Moss's car. <laughs> Gary, 30 you, to three. Oh, yeah. Hey, all beasts, though. They're all yeah. beasts. Yeah, they're all. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very fortunate. Kids keep you young, though. Yeah. Keep yeah. you young. So I can see about four in your future. Well, <laughs> it's funny <laughs> Santana got one. <laughs> You got one <laughs> who's uh he, he just turned one a couple months ago. Congrats. And I just got the news. I have another on the way. Breaking I just news. told you I Congrats. see four in his future. Breaking <laughs> news. He's already My wife is due in May it's and it's a girl. Wow. Uh, May? Hopefully it'll be up, May first because May first is the best day. In it is May first. She's doing May first. Is that your birthday? May first. Boom. Yes, How about that, Gary? Gary, guess what? What? And 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 it's only right that you have the love that you have for me because Santana's Jr. is May 1st. That's how sweet. What is yeah, happening? That's what I'm talking about, Santana right? Santana Jr. What? is May 1st. And it's crazy. He was supposed to be born on my birthday and his mom tripped up the day before May yeah. 1st and had to be rushed to the hospital and had him on May oh 1st. Oh, my gosh. That is crazy. And mine's is June 1st. June that's June 1st. That's wow. crazy. That's you know, crazy. That's, that's where that bond that came, is, man. Uh, that's what it's God about, dog, man. Hey, man. We're thankful right. for all this right here. Everything happening you never in know. here. You, know? you never know. Gary, we appreciate oh, you coming home me. and chilling with us, this man. This is always, always a pleasure always to welcome, be here, buddy. guys. You got to come so back for sure. Definitely. All right? Hey, go subscribe. Santana Moss Show Podcast. You know what it is. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Stay blessed. It's a Santana Moss Show. Home of the ball Number 89. Hustle all the time. Travis on the right. Hot mic on the left. Every single week, it's a lyrical.